You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. Hanging out, grow talk. Let's grow some dank, man. Grow some dank cannabis. I, I used to say, Scotty, cannabis. It felt weird. Now I'm I'm using it so much, like it's just it's natural now. I've made it natural in my brain. I like it. Much more preferred. Than yeah, I, there's, there's parts of the country where you can get yelled at for calling it weed. Well, I always it is interesting if you want to see. You pull news from around the world. You know, when we're looking uh, to do the This Week in Cannabis show, we're browsing the web, the internet's checking shit out. If you search cannabis in news, it pulls up a whole bunch of different stories than just searching marijuana in news. And usually it pulls up stories from, like, all the other countries. So, Yeah, that is interesting, right? In Europe, they definitely call it cannabis. Speaking of, speaking of the news, guys, if you are going through a, a tiger park, don't get too high. Remember where you're at, all right? I mean, I, it's almost hard to say, I mean, in all seriousness. I, the dude made me watch it. I was very successfully avoided the news, avoided the woman getting mauled by tigers video. Not even story, but video. And I, I called the news fear porn and, and or violence porn. I don't even remember, but either apply. And dude's like, really? What do you mean? <laughs> That's what I mean. It wasn't. And then, by the way, as soon as I watched that, it, what he's talking about, this chick got out of a car at a lion or tiger sanctuary and guess what a tiger took her away you know Mulder and it's all on TV you know it's 100, played a hundred times a day it's, yeah, it's kind of hundred, like a hundred million it was just is the one thing that I about the video it's not really graphic at all guys it just shows a tiger come up and yank this chick I mean it, dragging a woman to her death <laughs> To see, she actually lived. It was another another tiger got another woman that came to try and help her. But regardless, the power. I mean, it's so cool to see the power of those animals and or some, you know some of the larger animals. You're just like, holy cow! To that that big cat that was like picking up a you know a nothing like a, a little cabbage patch kid. I'll say <laughs> anyway. All right, stay out of the news if you don't want to see tiger maulings. That's not this show. This is right. Grow Talks. And that guy Earthquake say it, man. What's up? A tiger under three years old, it's okay to punch him in the stomach or the neck? No? You never heard that no, guy? No, never heard that guy. Oh, that's Earthquake. <laughs> I think he's talking about his kids. <laughs> that guy's funny as shit, man. All right. Well, let's get into before the 14 questions of uh, Dank Grow Talk. If you will, like an executive producer. Man, I hope I get this right. I got a, a call out of the blue. I believe, I believe Bald Head Dread. I believe that's that was the reference. <laughs> Sorry if I don't have that right. You'll have to correct me. Listener of the show up in up north, man. Up in Calgary, I believe. Up, uh, I believe Calgary. Is Calgary the province? No. Alberta. Calgary, Alberta. That sounds right off the tip of my tongue. Anyway, we bullshitted a while, man. He's, he, he's actually going to uh, give a little information. Maybe we can talk about on what's going on. He's... Uh, 
gotten into his father into some of the stock. I guess I'm going to call them stocks up there in Canada. He's like, dude, I know you've been looking at the markets. I'm like, mm, not really, but kind of. <laughs> and he's like, I got some really good, really good tips for you with what's going on up here in Canada. But shout out. Uh, really cool always to bullshit with somebody that's been enjoying the show and listening to everything and getting help, man. He's had epilepsy, I think, for over 20 years, if I remember right. Uh, and need, full on needs the cannabis. It's like, you know, I've never been in a situation where I, I need it. I mean, I guess, I don't know, Scotty, would you say you need cannabis or you just enjoy it? Unfortunately, I kind of am in a situation where I need it. Uh, without it, I can't really eat, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess just from being such a heavy user, I've noticed I've gone to, like, some of these trade shows and, you know, pre-source vapes. I didn't bring anything. And, yeah, I would get to Chicago or whatever, and I would feel sick, you know, just not well. And, yeah, I don't know what you want to call it. Call it what you will, but that's the truth. Yeah. Well, it's good that it's there for you. Good that it's there for you then. So let's get let's get into uh, a little bit of grow talk here. I got a couple primetime supporters, of course, before way to grow guys, Colorado growers, hook it up, man. They got a hot sale with thirty uh, percent off all their can fans for the rest of this month. And then what'd you say? Uh, and that's at any 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 of the way to grows out here. And you know that is a killer. Yeah, I guess they're finishing up the can fan sale this month. And then I know you know I just I re- help them record their commercials. So just a little sneak peek is if you you need any hydro gear, you know any trays, any fifty five gallon drums, if you you know expanding and, and building anything like that. Uh, hang out till the beginning of the month. I think that I think uh, something's going to happen with a lot of their gear uh, in the beginning of the month. So that's 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 what's going on for August. Nice, nice. All right, well, let's take it into Grow Talk for a little bit. Uh, favorite show of the week. Don't forget the other shows. We've got what's going on coming up Wednesday this week in cannabis on Friday and uh, all kinds of video stuff in the works as well. Pothead assistant, or I should say. What, what's his name? Sorry, you got you got grower. It's not LED Guru. What do you? What's the new name? Oh, Grow Guru. Grow Guru. Grow Guru. Okay, Grow Guru. Yeah, it's easy enough. Getting behind the, the camera and, and a lot of stuff in the works. We'll talk about that on Wednesday's show. But for now, I want to talk about that is progressing nicely, dude. I'll just have you know, thumbs up. Thanks for thank you all for uh, giving me a couple of weeks. I know the wake and bakes uh, started and then stopped little fits and spurts, and uh, I just had it. Get some equipment upgrades. I did a 10 or 11 shows, and I just had to upgrade before I could kind of move on and deliver the quality I wanted. So stay tuned, y'all. Should be coming very soon. Right on. Let's talk a little Coco Core, Coco Core, if you will. I've heard that pronounced a few different ways, but I I think that I think that's correct. This is from Old Man John. Dear dudes, just don't put a Y in there. Koya. Yeah, that's that's the other one. Koya. That's that's the fine shit, man. The the core core All right. Corey. Dear dude and Scotty, thanks to you, I completed my first grow with some Northern Lights, though I screwed up in nearly every conceivable way. I'll be starting my second grow soon, and I needed to pick out, pick Mr. Reel's brain for a few moments. Dude, sorry, man. I know you and Scotty have talked a lot about what Scotty runs, but I was kind of wondering if I could get a quick refresher. I'll be using the straight can of cocoa A and B and as well as recharge. What other stuff, in parentheses, biocozyme, boost, mammoth P, etc., are you generally running, Mr. Real? Thanks in advance. Old Man John. Whatever, Old Man John. You don't want to know what I'm running? Just Scotty, huh? 
Totally cool. Totally cool. It's all good. Yeah, let's do it in. Uh, Dude, I do have a set it and forget it system. I will say, I, I like this this run right now. Complete autopilot. I have to come down like once a week. Just like I'll get lazy and won't even recharge them once a week. I mean, I think LED Guru or Grow Guru is losing respect for me because of how little time I spent in the garden this time. But I got a couple other things going, and it's just a true you know testament to. You know what you what you can do if your system's dialed in. You know I'm not learning too much. I'm not advancing too much. This isn't isn't going to be my greatest harvest ever, but that shit's on autopilot. I'm going to have delicious fresh medicine, and yeah. So I, I I appreciate you asking me, and I'm glad to tell you how I dialed it in. It's not hard at all. Cool, cool. Well, I mean, using <laughs> before I started talking for a while, I figured I'd take using, a break, man. I'll tell you, like, you, like you're on, you're on the basis of what you need. Can of A and B and recharge in a quality cocoa, such as the can of cocoa. You you have your foundation, you're set to go. If you choose to use no other products, hey, good hey, to go. What? Well, hang one sec. We gotta add those castings in the can of A and B. It's it's completely. I'm sorry, the can of cocoa. It's a great quality. It's a good, clean place to start. But I need microbes. What I do is I use the microbes to to cover my ass. You know, for the things that I you know I don't want to have to go out and buy every single meal and try to try to anticipate what everybody wants. So I stock the cupboards, man. That's what that's what the microbes are doing is just stocking the cupboards, stocking that rhizosphere with nutrition, ready to go, waiting for the plant the signal yeah. so that's earthworm castings i'll take 10 to 15 percent earthworm castings and i really don't notice too much of a difference i kind of do like to go a little bit of heavier so i've been doing like 15 percent castings it seems to work good i try to find really good rich dark black castings sometimes it's hard to find them i got castings before that looked more like uh looked more like mulch you know so uh, just find some good quality castings, use them, and then, yeah, can of A and B and recharge, the once-a-week recharge. And then the biocozyme, I find, is a, a very good supplement. I find that pre-digests. It kind of, you know, melts the organic, uh, you know, like the old roots and things like that, uh, you know, all that waste, and helps kind of get them pre-digested, ready for the bacteria to just easily attack them. Now, how do you feel about the boost? You're not running boost right now, are you? Ah, dude, I did run Boost last time. I just didn't don't run it this time because I'm tr- I'm trying that uh, the green sensation, the uh-huh. plague run. Yeah, this time, but yeah, I do run a booster always, and it comes out really. I mean, you know, all I can I'm not like doing a ton of A and B testing because I've only got six plants, so it wouldn't even really be scientifically valid if I did. You know what I mean? I'd need more than to repeat the experiment more than three times. But uh, and I just have been kind of playing around with my six plants and. God damn, it's really, uh, I'm, I'm really happy with the results. This uh, green sensation, I, did you ever grow the uh, Blue Widow? Yeah. For uh, you know, Blue Dream and White Widow yeah. combined, I think. Did you grow Yeah, it? I'm growing, I, I just got done with the growing. I'm currently growing it now as well. Yeah, I found it fucking dank as hell, man. Real donkey dick, bud, no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not going completely with, with flower size on it. Um, and to tell you the truth. I have not smoked it yet because it has been in. It's time though. It's been in the, my uh, my Kieran bags now for about a month, and about, I'm totally done with the burping process. So that is a good. I'm gonna make a note right now. Blue Widow smoke session before uh, the next show. Yeah, mine looks crazy, and I guess my point is, I kind of on autopilot, just straight up on autopilot, man. That shit is going beautiful. You know, I mean, really something to be proud of. So. As long as you take care of your bugs and take care of your powdery mildew, you know, and that's kind of trimming, 
you know, keeping them trimmed up nicely and whatnot, you know, you can have a good harvest really simply. Yeah. Yeah, definitely got to keep on it. We got some foliar spraying questions and comments coming up, too, with sprays. Uh, but Yeah, so let's complete this guy's setup. So what do we got here, man? We got, uh, uh, we're mixing a good quality cocoa core. So I'm going to say can of cocoa coyer with, uh, you know, i say 85% can of cocoa, uh, 15% uh, earthworm castings, good quality castings. Mix those up. Um, yeah, I think you've got, uh, what, can of A and B. I'm trying to, sometimes I do like to use Growmore's Jumpstart in the beginning. Uh, that's the tricantinol there. So I don't know of any other tricantinol that I'm getting anywhere. So sometimes I do like to use that Jumpstart. Uh, CalMag, I, I don't think I, I don't even think I've used CalMag recently. I don't think I've needed it. You know? Yeah, typically with good base nutrients, you know, like I said, I've, I did the run with Arx Green Solutions A and B, and there, uh, and then recharge, and that's all I used, and I had a, a pretty damn good grow. Um, you know, you yeah yeah. Uh, the, what are the I other agree. ones? New Millennium's being used right now, but I mean, if you have access to the can A and B, roll with it, and don't forget before we move on, if you're picking up at the grow store or whatever, it's not necessary out of Chet's mouth himself, the rep. Don't worry about mixing perlite up with your can of cocoa. Uh, it's a really good cocoa. It's not necessary, and it's just another step that uh, I tried to give Scotty, my big ass. I had like a four-cubic-foot bag of perlite. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to use it for anything, and it had like a tear in it. You just got in your ear. You didn't try to give it to me. I found that in the dumpster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that shit was in the dumpster outside. I said, what's going on with this, man? But Scotty had, had just waste. gotten a, a newer vehicle that was kind of clean. He's like, oh, I can't put it in here. My car's ne- yeah, Self-admitted, your car's never going to be that clean again. <laughs> The half-torn bag of perlite, man. Good luck. All right. Yeah, my wife would never forget. It's worse than washing the smart pots in the in the washing machine, you know? Thanks, old man John. Don't forget, if you're on a budget, man, run. I mean, everybody's on some sort of a budget. Do your bases and then run another product. And then, you know, you can always add up, you know, to your favorite five products, your favorite six. You could do three and then add one. Just don't do too much at once. And it's nice to see what um, what's going on, you know, what products are is affecting this way. I like it this way. So it's hard sometimes for people, though, because they switch genetics or their growing environment switches. So it's, sometimes it's hard to tell what's really doing the best for you. So Soup said, though, Soup, Soup, Soup's been, what do we, Soup's like the, uh, I mean, he's like, I don't know, I don't call him like the, the, the monitor. He puts a lot of good comments in here. So, again, I appreciate that, Soup. He said, screwing. Absolutely. I like this. Screwing everything up is often the best way to learn. So, and there's more to it than that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. All right, man, let's do another Grow Talk question here. Moving on. Moving on up. All right, all right. I'm getting into my groove. Getting into your groove. Pete Pellets. I'm not sure on this one. You'll, you'll have to listen, Scotty, and, and answer for me. This is from Uncle, Uncle oh, Mitch. Man, I was hoping you. I was looking at this one earlier. I was like, I don't even have an opinion. I don't understand the, the picture on this one. post. It's a big skeleton head dude playing the guitar. Um, not quite sure. Dude, you're not supposed to understand. We're supposed to understand like a fraction of what goes on around okay. us, man. We're just supposed cool. to wonder yeah. about the rest. I want to understand all of it. All right. From Uncle Mitch. This is my fourth grow. I decided to try half of my seeds in peat pellets and half in rock wool. At the first, at first, the rock wool is winning. If you guys don't know what peat pellets are. They're super popular. They're just like a compressed peat, typically. Um, some of them come. <laughs> Peat's like a compressed peat? Some of them come like in that form. you got to put them in water for them to pop up and absorb the water. Uh, but what is peat, man? Peat's like kind of like it's like almost de- like somewhat decomposed uh, like organic materials. I'm thinking like, uh, you know, like they've got coal 
and you know they got oil, which is like organic materials that were compressed over pressure for long periods of time. And I think peat is along that same line. It's just like organic materials that just wasn't. I don't know if it wasn't compressed Dude, as yeah, long man, or it was a different pressure situation. Peat's a brown soil-like material, kind of, consists characteristic of boggy yeah. acidic ground, Scotty, consisting partly to composed vegetable matter. So that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard people call bullshit on the, uh, you, you know, if anybody has out there an opinion, chime in on this uh, grow, grow, blah, grow Talk question. Just go over to DudeGrows.com, guys. Any of these questions that we cover, you can put comments um, in the post over in Grower Questions. But I've definitely heard people in and out of the industry of different, you know, uh, variables saying it's bullshit saying that you know the peat bogs are ru- ruining the environment up there in canada and whatever and then there's so many i was talking to somebody it might have been dinesh i'll have to ask him but that there's just so much of it and it and it keeps it taking or it keeps recreating but i think it takes a really long time for a peat bog to create yeah. what it's creating but anyway i i live to a i live next to a peat bog I might. Uh, I'm sorry, my bro- <laughs> my brother Trip might might have had a place next to a peat bog at one point in time, man. And uh, he would drive there, and you would see that, uh, dude. It's just like every month, more of the earth is gone away. Like there, you've never seen something where. Like, there's never been more evident of them just, they bought the land, and now they're digging it out scoop by scoop, you know, chunk by chunk, and it's going away. And then after they ravage the land and take everything from it, they leave. It's kind of gross. Yeah. You know, so I I can kind of see what they're talking about, I think. Well, I'm not positive. I'll do a little more research on that. So, back to the question. He had, so he's growing seeds, half in Rockwell and half in the peat pellets, and at first the rock wool was winning. It had long roots, while a peat had none, but both had the same growth on top. He said, I decided to transfer them into a hydroponic system since they're getting big enough, but still no roots from the peat. I even cut the mesh cover on the peat. The first week the rock wool was winning the race. The second week the peat started rooting like crazy. Now the peat has outgrown the rock wool. Four weeks into veg, and the peat pellet plants are one week ahead of the rock wool. Has anyone else ever had this experience? So, I don't know. Do you notice any type of... I haven't put rock wool versus another growing media, actually. Well, what are we feeding them, though? You know what I mean? This is what this is saying. You know, in the beginning, these are seeds. Not clones, but seeds. So, seeds keep their own little nutrition packet. You know, so that's what the uh, the endosperm. So, they're feeding each other. They're, they're feeding themselves for a couple of weeks. So, that's probably why... Nothing was, you know, nothing got in the way of it in the rock wool. Probably why it, you know, it jumped out in front with the rock wool the first week. Um, but then it might have started running low on resources. And I think there is a little bit of, isn't there a little bit of nutrition in the peat? Or can, can it, I would imagine there's Sometimes they put a charge, like a slight charge on it too. So depending on what peat pellets he had, they right. could have had a slight like nitrogen or, you know, beginner charge for when the seed roots out. And that could have been it. I mean, rock wool is inert. There should be no nutrition in it. Uh, maybe the rock wool is rock wool is really good at holding moisture, so maybe it's holding moisture more, uh, which is not giving the optimal you know oxygen ratio in the rock wool. So the peat did a little better. Well, that's the that's the wrap on rock wool is that it's supposed to even when saturated, it's supposed to hold the right amount of air and water because it's an engineered product. It's a man-made product, so yeah. you can just kind of play around with that. It's, it's actually it's rock that's spun. I guess they heat rock to a really high temperature and spin it, and they get these like fibers that come off it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm not positive why you had that experience. You know, I know rock wool performs uh, rather well. I've definitely grown in slabs, Hugo blocks, 
all that jazz and have had great growth. Sure. I just don't like. Uh, but it's all what you put into it. You know, I mean, it's a completely inert. It's all what you put into it. So if you're putting, you know, if you're all of a sudden, you know, whatever, dropping nutrition on it, the right PPM and the, the right pH and you're getting it to absorb, uh, you know, because, you know, assuming that you're doing salts or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can really push growth of a plant, you know, from week one, you know, week one or week two. Yeah, definitely can. So let's move on. Hey, just in, in, you know, whatever, in, in leaving this question, I would think it's a nutritional thing. I would say take a look at the nutrition. Understand that the seed has a little nutrient packet, you know, that comes with it in the, inside the seed. It's going to drive that thing. They say for a few weeks. I think it's more like a week, 10 days till you got to start, you know, till it starts getting its real leaves. But it, dri- it drives it for a while. So I think maybe it's just that maybe that just backed off and the whatever the charge was in the peat. It just was was more powerful. Yeah, than wh- whatever you were putting in the rock wall. I think that's what it's it my, is. It's my there's something in that peat, where there's nothing in that rock wall. All right. Yes. Take sir. a break, very man. Sustained. Take a break. Take v- it easy. Very well said, Scotty. You got all these parodies rocking. Got quite the library now. Let's throw a few jams or a jam and a a uh, little bit of uh, knowledge on recharge or something. Because I got to load up my my source vapes here. I have gotten a new battery and the new kit you gave me and been enjoying the vaping again. It's one of those things, man, that having all these different things that rotate is kind of interesting. Like, I haven't touched my volcano now in, I think, almost a year. That's kind of sad because i got to order a part. Um, I used to always love putting right. volcano bags in the fridge, man, and just having that cold vapor. So, Or where you just... You know, volcanoes are like dead as coke in the 90s, man, all right? Dead as dead. What, Volcanoes? Yeah, I, I don't it's know. I haven't used my sauce, volcano for dude. a while. It's all pens these days, brother, dude. My brother, pens. My brother Jude used to love. And you just put those big balloons in your passenger seat when you got a long trip. Big old vapor balloon. Totally inconspicuous. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. Yeah, dude, I remember when I first got, I'm sorry, my brother Tripp first got his volcano. He was looking for the right car adapter. <laughs> People were looking at him like he was fucking nuts. Hey, what, what are you trying to do again? <laughs> nice. Just try to run the volcano while... Oh, I know. Maybe or maybe not driving the, the truck. <laughs> All right. Not me. I told you it was my brother Trip. Let's... Yeah, and I think, I think my brother Trip's wife talked him out of it, man. She was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're trying to get a, a what? To, to do what? No, no. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Let's... Uh, if we could, I would say, if we could play it and still not get kicked off of... Uh, YouTube, I would put it. I would do an Eye of the Tiger dedication here for the person that lost their life, because that would be a good song. Oh, that is cheesy! <laughs> all right, sorry, I'm gonna go to hell. All right, we'll be right back, guys. Take a break. Bourgeoisie. Check it all out at dudegrows.com. I've been searching for a month or two for a place to light it up. If the landlord lived in Timbuktu, he couldn't be far enough. Now I find my space is the perfect place for lighting brighter than the sun, but they don't know. I just see it big grow. Meet the landlord and put on my glasses. Call up and I rent a Volvo. Just because I look like an accountant gets your ass to rent me. Yeah, huh, 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 huh. I won't use this place as a grow room, but I'm lying. Yeah, I'm lying. Oh, I'll throw up lights in every fucking room Till I'm frying 
every goddamn wire Oh, I won't use this place as a grow room But I'm lying, yeah I'm lying Oh, I'll throw up lights in every fucking room Till I'm frying every goddamn wire All right, so I did a little cultural input. I'm going to uh, check out Labyrinth, man, at Red Rocks. Do you have any suggestions? Any? uh, I'll report. I'll report back on what's going on. I'm bringing my vape pen. I was tempted to bring a little. Don't eat the brown acid. (laughs) I wanted to just bring like a tiny nibble of shrooms, but I don't Don't have any right now. And then it was like, and I'm going with the wife and kids. You know, I probably wouldn't even tell them, but I'll be all right. I'll be all right with my vape pen, man. I'm not going to freak out. But I can't wait, man. I'm going to go hang out with Hoggle. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, check out Labyrinth. All right. Nice. I don't think I've ever seen it. And that was like my time, too. What, 1981, 82? That thing? It's a David Bowie movie. It's a David Bowie movie, and it's just kind of awkward at some parts because he wears these gray yoga pants in the movie the whole time. And yeah. I was telling somebody I mean, about it, yeah. and they're like, I'm like, it's just weird. I'm like, what do you mean it's awkward? I'm like, he has like a freaking bulge, man. I'm like, I'll bet you just Google. I bet you I'll Google it, and a whole bunch of other people notice. <laughs> so I Googled uh, David Bowie Labyrinth Bulge and pulled up all kinds of memes and images. It's like <laughs> ridiculous. So anyway. Uh, it turns out you just go to DavidBowieLabyrinthBulge.com. If you want to check know, it out, guys, just Google it. To you it. can see some David Bowie Yoga Pants Bulge. All right. Uh-huh. Now Google thinks you're gay. <laughs> All right, so grow more, grow more smells. Hmm. All right, epic tent here, dude and Scotty. Couple grow more questions. One, what is biocozyme supposed to smell like? My bottle is almost a year old, and it smells a lot, a little like vinegar. Is this the right smell? I'm gonna go with a yes. What do you think? What do you think? I'm going to go with, I fucked up and used biocozyme that was too old, and it really lowered my pH down. So you might be on to something, dude. Be careful with that shit. Yeah. Well, um, the... I'm just... I'm just it yeah, has a I mean, swill. That can, that can happen, and it screwed up my plants. It has a little bit of a smell to it, to me, like a... Not too much vinegar. Almost like it's a type of wine or something. Like it's an... Like it had like it'd be an alcohol or like a home... Uh, brew of some type of wine stuff so it does it, it might not be bad it shouldn't be it should not be strong like vinegar uh, but yeah keep an eye on make sure it doesn't didn't turn to acid make sure it doesn't uh, uh, lower your pH super bad because mine did I put just a tiny bit of biocozyme in and all of a sudden my pH is at four right on well yeah good to know be checking your pH we got some pH questions coming up as well all right so is that the... Yeah, and you know, uh, I am trying to get Jake back on. I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He's just busy as shit. But I'm trying to get him back on the show. And feel free to reach out. Uh, I think they're out in Cali. I, Monster Gardens, I believe, is a pretty... I see they do a lot of videos on Growmore. I think, you know, Jake knows some of the guys over there. That might be a grow store to reach out to on some of these because Growmore isn't... Out here in Colorado, for example, Growmore is not prevalent in our stores here. There is Growmore product um, out in Cali. It's just a, a Cali company, I guess. There's a lot more growers that know about it, use it. Uh, so check with Monster Gardens. Make sure if you do, though, you say that dude Grow Show told you to check with them just to let them know. All right, let's see here. Uh, Scotty, so he goes, I remember Scotty dealt with this, but I forgot the details. My plants seem to be okay so far. Question two, while on the subject of smells, and you may know more about this one, Scotty, my Easy Wet. S.E. Foyer plus Grow More Goodies spray bottle, which I'll break down what's in the Grow More Goodies spray bottle. It sits overnight, um, and it almost has an insect spray 
uh, smell. Should I be concerned? And this is why Jake said to stop. And is this why Jake said to stop foliar feeding after week three? So here's the recipe. Here's what's in there. We haven't covered this in a little bit. Jake's foliar recipe, armor coat, which is a silica. We're going to do 2.5 mils per, and I believe this okay. is per quart. Yeah, fuego. We're going to do, uh, or sorry, biocozyme, 5 mils, a teaspoon per quart. Fuego, 7.5 mils. Jumpstart, 3 mils. Easy wet, 5 mils. Seaweed, 5 mils. Amber humic, 15 mils, which sounds like a lot, man. I never mixed all that up with foliar story, but he says, I must say it is working awesome. You should try it. And he even gives a PPM here. Go for 350 to 400 PPM. It's never burned my plants. Um, so that's pretty sweet. I've never mixed all that that much shit together in, uh, in a bottle. Have you? I mean, have you done like the full on? Uh Probably. I have probably mixed up half a dozen things in a bottle. And I don't leave it in a bottle. I mix it right into my two-gallon panda, you know, fogger and, and use it. But I, you know, I don't pre-mix it, that's for sure. What do you think about it? I, so I don't let anything sit overnight, typically. I try to... No. And he said, should he be concerned that his spray smells more like an insect spray? I would personally mix it, use it, and if you have extra... I mean, I, I'll, do, I'll do weird shit, like I dilute it in a gallon of water and pour it into my house plants or something. Um, I do feel bad right. pouring shit down the drain that I just mixed up, uh, paid for product, but uh, you can come up with stuff. I wouldn't let it sit, if, especially if the smell changes to something unpleasant. Yeah, I'm thinking that uh, the Easy Wet has a really pleasant smell. It smells almost vanilla-y. Vanilla-y. Like vanilla? Vanilla-y, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has a real nice kind of Swedish natural smell. Would you, would you call it Swedish? Yeah, like sweet. Oh. Kind of sweet. Are you talking about? Not like s- from Scandinavia. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that's a good reminder, <laughs> Epic 10. It smells like walking into a, ch- into a candy shop is what mine smells if I like. Could, if I were to simplify two things I would use, if I were to say, all right, that's a lot of cool shit to spray, I would do uh, the uh, seaweed. And the Easy Wet. Because seaweed, man, does a lot. There's just a lot, man. Seaweed's the bomb, if yep. you don't know. So definitely be using seaweed if you can in some of your foliar sprays. I like that tricanthinol, too, that's in the jump start. So I think that's a good addition. And then it putting, you know, the building blocks of, you know, of uh, whatever, whatever, man. The uh, amino acids, rather. I got no problem. With, with I'm just sitting here feeling feeling guilty because I haven't I haven't sprayed. I mean, the only thing I used in all of Edge was just because Dinesh hooked it up. I had a bunch of uh, ready to use overgrow, and I just just been using that all over the place. And uh, now I haven't gone in, and I've been I've been lucky, man. I do have one pest problem to talk about on Wednesday show with what's going on in my grow, but I've been pre- lucky, pretty lucky. Well, in the summertime, man, especially in the wintertime, to ignore your pest prevention. It's not the worst thing on earth. It's not good. The summertime, though, shit's just lurking, you know, so. True. All right. True. On to the next question about nitrogen toxicity or just a cool purple pheno. Seen it happen, man. Or just a cool purple pheno. This is from Midwest Meditator. <laughs> All right. Dude and Scotty, what's going on? This is uh, thanks for everything you guys uh, and the nugs and the knowledge. Keep it growing. He's working on the fourth grow since he discovered the DGC early last year. Giving a quick breakdown in his room. He's running the SK. That's the Spectrum King 400 Plus and a 3x3x7 Gorilla with a 4-inch inline exhaust running through a carbon filter setup 24-7. He said, uh, setup is in my bedroom, so environment stays about 40 to 55% humidity, 78 to 84 degrees. Everything's dandy. 
Um, Looks good. Yeah, yeah. So he goes. Could be getting some VPD there, man. 72 to 76 went off, basically where I keep the thermostat set and the exhaust into the same room. So shout out to the low heat from the Spectrum King. I love that light, man. It says, much love to Brendan and the rest of the Spectrum King crew. Cool. So uh, let's see here. Oh, sorry. I should tell this real quick. I was going to skip this part. He just wanted to say his experience here, which this is important with companies. I believe before you guys buy product, especially expensive ones, you should see how they answer their phones and deal with you. They said the SK was his first light. He heard about it on the podcast, emailed Spectrum King with questions. Brennan's response was almost immediate. I ordered it the next day, and I've successfully had two harvests. So sweet. Good to hear, man. All right. So where's the question? Let's go on with the question here. Did you see these p- great, Come great on. pictures, Come on. Scotty? Scroll down and, and view the pictures, man. That's the only thing. we got to figure out how to get picture vision through podcasting. And I guess that's part of me coming in a sneak sneak talk about the uh, next show format where people are going to start to have the option to be able to see these posts yeah. and pictures as we're discussing. So as long as you're not driving or, you know, I guess working. A lot of people like podcasts because it's entertainment for while they're doing other things that they can't look at a screen. And I get that as well. All right. Agreed. Some people still don't get it, though. Like you said, I was t- telling somebody, some other parent up in Winter Park about a podcast, and they're like, they just seemed like, yeah. Uh, like, they, they're like, Today. they're the AM radio. Like, I got the, I got the radio, man. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, okay. Yeah. All right. I had a conversation with a guy today that was in technology that, I, that was like, yeah, I don't really know what a podcast is. And I go, just yell dude grows into your phone. And he was a grower. He was growing peppers. You know, he was like, I got one pepper on there. I need some help. Right. Yep, dude grows into your phone. Right on. Well, here's the question. Lady is in day 40 of bloom, and I believe I may have nitrogen toxicity. Getting purple tinted leaves, purple streaks on main branches, and purple colored flowers. Its leaves always had a beautiful, deep, dark green look, just not purple and as shiny. Week three and four of bloom, I left the runoff in, in my trays and let the plant wick it back up a few times. My plant, that's when he's watering, guys, and, you know, maybe he was in a rush. You want to get that runoff out of there typically. Happening once or twice ain't going to kill you. says his top leaves uh, begin to purple, and the calyx's flower production seemed slow to me, but this plant stretched over three feet when switching to flower, so I thought maybe it's sativa dominant and it was normal. Going into week five, I realized purple could be bad, and the claws were definitely not normal. That's he's saying, I didn't see in these pictures any horrible clawing. Nitrogen toxicity, I believe, is where you can get some of... If you get clawing on your leaves in really dark color, like clawing down, right. that's a sign of it. Um, so, and usually... But this is minor. I mean, this is a beautiful example. I mean, Midwest, Midwest Meditator, thank you so much I don't much think he has any nitrogen to toxicity, base. man. I think that's just a... That's There's, the leaf color of this plant. I, I'm saying take a look at... Okay, take a look at the overall color... And now go down to the second picture, and that's stereotypical perfect burn right there. Now, what happens after too much perfect burn? You know, what happens after you get that perfect suntan? It's a very fine line between a suntan being super tan and getting sun poisoning. <laughs> this thing, I'm, you know what I mean? So I'm seeing this. is You know, it was like, it's over the line. Over the line! <laughs> Just um, It's super, it's got a ton of nitrogen in there. The color is super dark green. And now you can see, that's why I love these pictures so much. On the second picture down, you can see up at that leaf at the top, it's actually turning up. That's the one I say, like serrated edges or whatever. That's what I'm talking about. So this is a perfect textbook example of what I consider. And this is just, just me talking, like I said, you know. Do what you want, but I would consider backing off the nutrient, the, the nitrogen on that. And then here's my other clue: go down to picture number four, where he's holding it in his hand. 
you'll see the shape of the leaf is cur- is curved down, and you'll see that the tips are burnt. Yeah, a little that bit. Burnt tip there is an obvious. That's my another telltale. And then if you go one more down, you can see there's additional burnt tips. They're curled down. Yeah, a little, little bit, I'm, little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah, little bit, little, little, little bit. bit of burn. Hey, by the way, I can say little bit. Well, he's right? using, I'm from Philly. I don't know where you're from, but I can say little bit. He's using the uh, <laughs> recharge mammoth P. Um, grow more newts specified on their drain to waste chart, and um, he says he has no. P- I have no PPM or pH set up to tell that detail. He says occasionally foxhorn big bloom for the guano. That's that's cool. I don't mind the big bloom, um, and also top dress insect frass on week two of bloom. So I think when I think you're you're fine. I mean, obviously, like Scotty was just saying, don't keep hitting them. One thing to do uh, easily with nitrogen toxicity or burn is just if you know what you're feeding and how much and what you're using, it's pretty easy to tell. Oh, this is a little high. PPM and EC meters are great to have. Um, I hadn't had one in a while, and still I started using um, running different newts through my garden. Like I want to know the EC on the new millennium. It's curious to know what it's at, what I'm peeking at, etc. Uh, but <clears throat> Try and pick one of those up, man. Even the cheap one, if you have to online, it's like thirty bucks, twenty-five bucks, not even for a, a PPM meter. So, yeah, and if you if you just can't get one, then just consider maybe dialing everything down by twenty-five percent. You can even just mix what you were gonna mix normally, and then just add twenty-five percent more water to it. And I would think that might, you know, I mean, like this isn't bad, you know, or this isn't terrible, but I think you're showing signs of of you know, going over the edge of minor nitrogen toxicity. Right on. Let's take uh, one more here. I shouldn't say one more. We got actually a, a, a few more here. Newt burn or deficiency. So this is from uh, North Fam 710. So I've got these white widow clones that have been rooted for a few weeks now, waiting on the LED veg room light to come. And I'm noticing a burn on the edge of the leaf. They have rooted in clear solo cups with super soil mix. All, all I have used otherwise so was so recharge. What may be causing this? So this is a tough one because it's you know we have no we have no pitchers here, um, no feed. Obviously, the keyword in here is super soil mix. You know, putting uh, clones into a super soil mix, you can definitely have a hold up or get a burn because they're not ready to handle. Right. Depending on how hot it is. Uh, but one thing I wanted to think about uh, this question because it says they are, uh, let's see, he's waiting on his LED light and he's in clear. Don't be in clear solo cups if you don't have to. I don't think it's the end of the world, but you don't want your root zone fully exposed. Kind of neat to watch your roots grow, but getting the light might might affect them a little in clear cups. Definitely. It could be. I mean, I don't know. It's definitely going to affect them, but light will affect roots. I know that. Yeah, and uh, again, Soup was chiming in, um, and I agreed with one of his points in here. Maybe they've been in those solo cups too long. I've had to have my plants in one-gal containers for too long before. Like, I should have taken them 10, 12 days ago over to a 10-gal, but, I mean, the bloomer wasn't ready, so I was just stalling them, top them, stall them. And for a while, they'd be running top, like, beautiful. But then... Every once in a while, they'll get—they just get pissed off if they're still in that pot. I mean, you can keep watering a root-bound plant in forever and keep it alive and pull off a harvest, but they—they they re, mine reach a point where they get a little fussy. If you have to, sometimes they'll throw a weird deformed leaf. Other times, I've seen something that might look like burn. And overall, all it was right. in the end, when I kept scratching my head, is once I transplanted that thing, it was just like, oh, thank you. You know, like it could breathe again. It could do. It could get going. 
um, and then it would take off. So I think without knowing a lot of other things, you might just have a little bit of a root-bound stress on these um, or potentially a little burn from that super soil, depending on how, whose mix you're using. Who are the popular mixes, man? Subcool? You subcooling it? Isn't, doesn't he have a soil recipe? He does, but there's so many mixes now. And I mean, as soon as you read the Rev's book, I guess the Rev definitely has his own his own mix as well, the TLO mix. And then just like the Poundhouse Boys, you know, told us what they're doing. There's a lot of different variations. Even uh, Grow Guru is we're going to start with one. I think there's something called Money Mix, which was something that I heard about recently. I think I have heard of Money Mix. There's a, a lot of that's that's a silly that's a silly name. What do you mean? I like that name. What a money at. <laughs> Yes, I know you would. So you're, you're, uh, I'm not even going to go there. South Florida? You're going to call me South Florida, man? South Florida and more. It's all good. Perfect burn. Seattle. <laughs> I was, I was, I was at a kayak, kayaking at the reservoir yesterday, and there was the South Florida guy there with the big scarab, you know, the 1984 scarab that's like, you know, a 45-foot, like the only reason that boat exists is to run drugs, you know, just to outrun the cops. And, uh, yeah, it was on, like, a six-mile lake. Kind of interesting. <laughs> seven. I believe Horse Tooth Reservoir is seven miles. Seven-mile lake. But, there I don't I mean, I'm not a boater. You gotta, there's speed limits. I, you can't fire that thing up anyway, can you? I'm sure there's a given speed limit for the, for the lake. It's like, what's, what's right. the point? Anyway. All right, so hey. perfect burn and more. Point is to be looked at, I think. This is true. At least in South Florida, that's what the point is. This is definitely true. Uh, Seattle Kind says, what's up, dude and Scotty? Hello, DGC. I'm just looking for some advice. I'm about to turn my girls to flower, and have, and I have some concern. I'm growing drain to waste. means you're watering in, and it's going right down the drain. Uh, 25-gallon smart pots and pro mix amended with worm castings. Hell, yeah. Room is 4,000 watts, running two Hordelux HPSs, one Hordelux Blue, and one traditional metal halide. Interesting. What do you... Uh, I'm wondering how you run that, then. I mean, do you... Is he rotating the plants around? I know, is he, you know, I don't know if you remember back in the day, like they had this weird thing uh, from Sun Pulse, might have been the company. They had like five different <laughs> yeah, the sun circle. The spin, spinning thing. It would spin lights around. Kind <laughs> sun of crazy. circle, yeah. Good way to get injured. I bought one. <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time, but I was high. So he runs a full line of Geo, that'd be General Organics, Max Feeding Maximum Suggestion Label, Mammoth P, and Recharge. Good lineup. This has been foliar spraying with Absorbalite and Neem. I'm not sure what Absorbalite is. Uh, have you heard of Absorbalite? Why do those plants look a little funny? Why do them leaves look a little funny? Folded in a little bit, not as colorful as I'd like. Oh, uh, that's what he, he might be. Uh, he has four girls, two are something called hamster. <laughs> nice. Local, str- local strain from the late 90s in the, second, in the second image. The first image is L.A. women, and the third image is purple Nepal. All the cuts are from family and friends, and this is my first grow with them. The purple Nepal is the one I'm concerned about, or I am concerned about. The two other strains appear to have perfect burn with little burn and just the leaf tips. However, the purple Nepal that what it is, has then. some yellowing. Am I overfeeding this, or is it deficiency? So which one is has it the yellowing? Oh, the Latins. That bottom, that that third one don't look so good. The third one down, and just what we're talking about, or at least what I'm talking about, is look at just the vigor. And, you know, the light is the food. So take a look. You're like talking the first about the plant with the say, bamboo stakes in it, and there's a, a, a yellow leaf in the center of it. Yes. Well, well, let's rate these, okay, from the top to bottom as far as vigor. Does that top plant look like it's open and just attacking, trying to get open every single, uh, you know, its solar cells open wide and, 
you know, and just trying to get every last uh, little bit of energy from the light. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, it did look horrible. Top plan. It could be. It doesn't a- look horrible, but I'm not giving it. A, you know, I'm not saying a, on a scale from one to ten, maybe a five. I'm looking at this middle one. Now, that's what it's supposed to look like. Now, those, all those you know, solar panels are wide open. They're the right color. to you know, they're, they're that nice green color, which helps photosynthesis. And they're, uh, that looks really good there. And now go look at the one, the third one below it. And that one does not look so good. That's got to be the troubled girl. And that one's kind of laying. Those, those leaves are laying down. They don't look energized by any means yeah unless he took this um, picture like, or like potentially you know sometimes leaves will droop just before the lights are going to go off or whatever but or sometimes they're slow no, to wake true. up but if this picture was taken prime time Dude, hang on one second that is such a good point you can freak the fuck out of somebody if you go you're on vacation somebody goes in while it's dark and snaps a picture Dude, the plants will lay down like this. So that's an excellent, excellent yeah, point. Yeah, but more dude. I've seen in my room, like I'd be like, if I didn't know, and I when I was a beginner grower, actually, went right to the store the next day. I'm like, what is wrong with my plants, man? I went in there with the lights off, and like the leaves were just hanging. Um, then they were sleeping. But this plant, if this, if you see, it has some yellowing leaves. Looks like, man, I don't know. There's enough good-looking leaves on there that. If this plant picture was taken during primetime light cycles, there's definitely an issue. I've seen plants do this when they get infected with root aphids, and you can't figure out what's going on, and they just start to droop, and they start to <laughs> yellow a little. So always be you know, inspecting your root zone and your bug potential. Have your sticky control. You should be a good doctor. You'd be a good doctor. Man. Yeah, yeah, I've seen people come in complaining the exact same symptoms when they're dying <laughs> or you know, just you know, when everything's fine. doesn't matter. It's all good. Also the same I've seen you know, with, with overwatering can do this as well. But, uh, I mean, I can't really uh, – other than that, it's hard to tell. What, what's, what's up? Is he in veg? Did he flip the lights yet? Uh, or he's just, just in veg still? Uh, I mean, there's certainly veg plants, but, you know, I don't know if, it, how, you know, if he's planning on going to flower. He's just about he's to flipped. turn into flower. He's just about to. He hasn't gone yet. Okay, because there's a lot of foliage on these plants. Uh, it looks like he did do a nice job. I'm looking down at the bottom one of doing some trimming down below. It looks like they're shaped, but – Maybe see if you can take the stress off them a little bit. I love to top plants, you know, especially if they're not looking so good. You get rid of the, the old and, and, you know, try to grow some new. So I, I love topping them. Uh, I would think about maybe, you know, prolonging flowering for a week or so and seeing if you can get that one back, you know, looking really good. Maybe give it a, give it a topping and then trim the bottoms and just try to take as much, you know, as much stress off it. What I mean by that is it's got to push energy to, you know, to power those solar panels. And if it's solar panels that are all the way down below where they're not getting a lot of light, where there's not really any reason for them, just eliminate them. Clean it up. Yeah, something's going on there, Scotty. Like you said, in this one picture, I can see a picture of the whole garden and the plant in the back right is that droopy-looking one. Um, it just doesn't look. And the other ones have their leaves sticking out, fingered out, looking like they're pretty happy. That one's a little angry about something. Yeah. All right. I mean, without being too technical, back off on the on the the nutrients, so they're not you know, you're not feeding some a sick person, you know, uh, you know five thousand calories a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Back off and just give them some good nutrition. And I hate to be a show for recharge, but you know, a lot of recharge or a nice amount of recharge, a steady diet of it, a couple times a week, every time you water. It's a real good way to get plants back in health especially in vegetative because you're dropping so much uh, nitrogen-solubilizing bacteria, and bacteria that's just made of nitrogen. That There's your doc, your doctoring. 
I just recommend it. Basically, <laughs> you're gonna love it. You, you just you're the recharge doctor. Like before they even finish their sentence, right. just just throw some recharge on it. You know, just look. Take two recharge. Call me in the morning. It's like flower farmer with CBD, right? Just a couple. C- right. That'll work. A couple <laughs> CBD. What, you broke it. your arm. Take a couple of these CBD gel tabs, man. Good to go. All right. Yep. I love it, man. One more before we'll have another break here. What about recharge, man? We'll get some comments on this. Recharge, you're just talking. Hey, guys, this is from uh, North Fam again. Getting ready to wrap up my first grow. Got one last feed of PK Booster, bulk from Arc Screen Solutions. Cool. And recharge. And then next week starts my final two-week flush. Should I water more than normal? And also, do I recharge during those two weeks or not? All right, everybody. Get ready. Are you sitting down? Ready for this? No, you don't use recharge then. <laughs> First time I've ever said not to use recharge. <laughs> but recharge keeps nutrients uh, in the soil. First off, it's got you know it's got all these nitrogen solubilizing bacteria and bacteria that are made out of nitrogen. So you are putting bacteria made of nitrogen into the soil. So if the plant calls for them, there's a ton of nitrogen loaded in that soil. So. I am a little bit careful of that. And then the idea of recharge is to keep the nutrition in the soil. And I think if you're flushing, then you're trying to exhaust all the nutrition. So you don't want to manufacture anymore. You don't want to add anymore. Uh, you're trying to exhaust it. So I would let that plant get frustrated. I would let it exha- frustrated. You know, exhaust itself. And that's what it's doing. Those plant- the plant is trying to, <laughs> it's trying to have sex, man. It's trying to to attract some pollen, and it's just it keeps on getting stickier and stickier. Saying, "Man, if I just keep on getting make more resin, more resin, uh, hopefully a uh, uh, you know some pollen will will uh, be attracted, and I'll, I'll be able to make a seed." And it just gets more. You know, you're really frustrating the plant. That's what you're doing when you're just keeping it flowering and and making more and more resin. So it's you know that's kind of the deal. Right on. Well, I'll tell you, WV Kind chimed in. As far as the actual flushing process, and it's good advice here. When flushing, water with larger quantities of water, but only water when the plants need it, not more often. So let's say if you're in a five-gallon container in soil, pour five gallons or so of plain water through on the first flushing watering. On waterings after that, you can get away with less runoff, a gallon of plain water or so every time. If it's not a burden, I would run five gallons through every watering during a flush, but you don't have to. If you're in cocoa, rockwell, peat, etc., you don't need to go as crazy on the quantity or length of flush. So it's a good point. Like when you, once you go to plain water, that's you know a good time to your first time water a lot of it through. Have your shop back ready. Speaking of that, I always talk about having backups of things. I got to go get. Uh, I'll make a note right now. I got to go buy myself a backup little shop back. I just use the one gallon one, man. Like that can hang right on the wall because I don't have a, you know a huge grower or whatever. But I was thinking. What would happen, especially if I'm like out of town and somebody's helping me, because I always water to a bit of runoff and I need to shop back out my saucers. If that thing breaks, that makes life a major pain in the ass. I don't know how else, you know, you can't like lift up the plant and pull the saucer out and put it back under and it'd be all weird. So get call my shop back. Buckethead. All right. Buckethead. <laughs> yeah, you know that one I'm talking about? It's like a $20 uh, it goes on. It's twenty dollars at the Home Depot. It's a little shop vac, and it's meant to go right on top of a five-gallon bucket. And it's cool. Like what the hell? I don't need a big plastic container. I do. It pops I do. Right on a five-gallon. Yeah, it's cool. I like those. That's my favorite little shop vac innovation. Hmm. Do they have those like at the Home Depot or whatever? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Twenty, thirty bucks at the most. I'm starting to get excited, man. I'm gonna get all stoned up and go shop vac shopping for my my garden. 
There you go. <laughs> the cur- you the go. current one only holds one, one gallon, first... so I do need to get a bigger one. Oh, yeah. Buckethead's got your name written all over it. <laughs> all right. So good advice on the flush. And I still get comments on a video I put out. I think I titled it, if you just YouTube, uh, Connoisseur Flush. Dude grows or something. Or I just flushed a shit out of this grow, where like there was no green left oh, yeah. to the. And it was that. great flower, but it, it really pulled some people out of the woodwork. Like you don't know what the hell you're <laughs> doing, man. And some people would say that's great, oh. and other people would be like giving this advice, and I'd be like, okay. Some of them would get a little, little even rude with it. You know, the internet trolls. It's like I think that's what you call them. Oh, it's amazing. I was uh, watch uh, me and Grubby Cup, or he's a writer. Grubby Cup is a writer from Max Yield. Sometimes he's just a great grower, and uh, we're friends on Facebook. And I seen him this morning. Go, I'm going to be taking a little break from Facebook, friends. So if you don't have my phone number, you should get it. And I was just laughing, thinking, I, I know what you mean, brother. Yep. I know what you mean. All right, man. Let's take another break here. We got another four or five grow talk questions. <laughs> And uh, check it all out. As I say, at DudeGrows.com. Get your grower questions in over at DudeGrows.com. Just go over to the homepage, and I'm trying to do it live right now as I talk. And you scroll down, and you see a submit your grower question. And this is middle of the page. Can't miss it. Put them up. Get them in the grow question category, and we'll cover that on uh, Monday show. Anyway, for now, excellent. we are going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be talking with you in a moment. That's just like money in the bank, I'm in the know, oh, oh. Come on and do yourself a favor, and grow some dangness that you can savor. Cause I'm growing top shelf with recharge, the proof is in the smoke. Recharge is a natural soil conditioner, takes the guesswork out of growing. The secret is in the biology. Recharge loads your soil up with organic beneficials that store and deliver nutrients to the plant as needed. In traditional or organic gardening, Recharge makes growing amazing quality simple. I got the time to buy seven bottles when one's just five. Why you try to take my Recharge when you can get your own? All right, all right. Let's see here. Were you, uh, were you browsing ahead on the, the the grow talk format where are we recharge oh we're gonna oh i'm just checking og kush out of control monk's got a problem homie <laughs> so out of control from monk 
Guys, my OG Kush has almost grown into my greenhouse ceiling. She's over seven foot tall. I don't have the room to bend her down. That's my kind of problem, yo. I mean, you don't have the room to bend her down? I thought there's always room. I have to take at yeah, least... I don't get it. <laughs> what? That was, I don't get you know, it. It was hilarious. I just, I just was, I was just hilarious. Okay, I have to take. No, no. I mean, I get you, brother. I get you. <laughs> I don't get why he doesn't have the room to take her down. And obviously, I didn't get your thing either. Now, so no worries, no worries. Next, I had my own personal visual. Visual. Okay, I have to take at least three to four or four feet off of her. Damn. Can I just start cutting her back? Maybe a few stalks and wait a week, and then cut the rest back. She is planted in the ground, so can't move her. I blame the recharge. So we're looking at a pretty uh, <laughs> big plant here. It's not too bushy. It's more leggy, I'd say. Um, and if he, I don't know where he's at in, in the, the, the nation or world. I th- I'm, I'm speaking out of what I know from growing outdoors. I'm not a complete pro by any means growing outdoors. Here in Colorado, I would consider my flowering start day around August 15th. <clears throat> so being then I got to go till October 15th at least, hopefully. And that, you know, flexes a little with what's going on with nature and whatnot. So if you sure. are, you know, 10 days, I mean, I'm thinking he has time. I wouldn't, I would top this down. I think so too. These things look super healthy. These are going to recover. These look like my plants. But don't do it a little bit at a time. I mean, just do it. If you're gonna, nope. If you're going to chop the heart out. If you're going to chock it, chock it and top it, just take what you need that. The plant will definitely probably, you know, I won't say definitely because outside plants can be freaking crazy resilient. Might not even skip a beat, shoot out some new leaf sets, and you're like, damn, right. I might have to top this again. But I would take your three to whatever feet off all at once, off each one, and then, uh, yeah. I'll go off the main stalk, too. I'm looking at these, how they've got a real central main stalk. Yep. I would just go down three foot, you know, just and, and, you know, I'd keep a couple things that you like. Like, I'm looking, you know, there's not a, these aren't, they don't have a ton of branches coming off them. I only see probably half a dozen branches coming off. So remember that, you know, each one of those branches is only going to give you a limited amount of bud. You know, when I have big plants, I've got 30 or 40 of those branches. So to have half a dozen of them, you know, and, and then want to cut a big hunk of the plant out, it's kind of scary. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You, you could do it. You could also play around, especially outdoors where you got a ton of sun. You can take those and... and super crop or just crimp those i mean instead of tearing the heart out just basically bend those down you know at a few you know a few feet down bend them parallel to the fence maybe even bend them over and attach them to that fence yeah i totally forgot about that man i've done that a lot that's a good point it's a good time to do it um where if you don't have you know you said you can't bend it down but if you can do the you know, completely pinch it like you're breaking the plant stem, but not all the way and then bend it down and be ready. It might need you might need to rig up a piece of bamboo or a twisty tie support or something to help it while it heals. Right. But that is a good way to really uh, have your plant material still, but just reduce height. Yeah, because what you can do is you can you can turn these plants almost completely sideways. And what will happen to all the tops will just turn up. And you get like you know these three four gram buds, these big buds, because each one's a top. So it's kind of nice. You should maybe experiment with that as well. I see some room on the side here, right by the you know the gate. I'm sorry, by the the fence fence here, where I think you might be able to turn them sideways, right at about where that bar's going. It was at about four foot up the, the cross member. Yeah, might be an option as well. I see that. I see that. Because then you'd be surprised. Then, you know, you do that, then they all pop up another three or four, you know, another three feet, say, four feet at the most, and then you're kind of right where you want to be. That's where they'll finish up. 
Let us know, man. Let us know what you do. Somebody was recommending super cropping in the comments, and they said that's what he's going to go with. So that's probably kind of the same thing we yeah. were talking about with the bending and over. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. All right. Well, let's give a quick little bit of a, a math here. With CFMs and room size from Colorado Sherlock, uh, and this is a, he said, I read, first off, what's everyone's opinion on ventilation CFMs? My opinion is I don't know. I just know I, I run – it depends on what your room setup is, man, because I don't have uh, – I don't know if this applies to me. Let me read it. Basically, a room's cubic foot – I'll give you my opinion real quick. Get the biggest fan you can or on the side of, of bigger and exhaust that shit faster. All The difference is uh, whether it exhausts in three minutes or 11 minutes. So I just always try to upsize by a bigger fan and clear that shit out quicker. Let it run. You know, if it's got to run for a few minutes at a time or if it's got to run constantly, whatever. But more is better. That's my opinion. Colorado Sherlock has a specific number, man. So calculate your room cubic feet, length times height times width. That's going to equal your cubic foot. Now multiply that number by 0.74. Get your cubic foot, multiply it by 0.74. This gives your optimal room CFM. Note, this is a rough line, and with indoor cannabis, you can expect you can exceed up to 0.84 but never anything higher, as this will deplete the air too fast, pulling the transpired water with it. Your plants will dry faster ah. and could possibly cause other issues. Just thought this was a good fit for all the gardeners to use. My room sits at point seven one. Colorado Sherlock teaching me something. Uh, nice. Interesting. So he's below the point seven four because it's a 550 CFM fan divided by 768. Um, and then his, uh, his, that's his, uh, cubic, uh, his volume, cubic feet. So he goes, it's close to what I'm looking for, but definitely I can do better. After this math, I figured I need a, CF, a 600 CFM or up to 650 maximum CFM. What's your opinion on all this? Are all these articles correct in their math? Should we have concern? I have not read all the articles. I do not have concern. Uh, but I will say that I don't vent out my room, man. So, like, this is, a, this is only applicable, I, I believe, if you're exhausting with a carbon filter or something. What I'm thinking. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't vent out my room either. I'm actually trying to keep the environment in. Yeah, completely. Um, but again, I do get the point that is a good point of having too quick. You were saying, Scotty, at the beginning, like just as much as possible is what I say. But it's it, that's a good point, man. You're ripping out some of the good stuff too quick with humidity and and other things. So, yeah, that's real interesting. I'm going to investigate that. All right, investigation. We have another. I like it. Another four questions. Can you hang? Can you hang in the grow zone? Yeah, let's do it. Down the home stretch. Or hang in it's the grow zone. Dude. It's all downhill. All right, this is a decent one here from Duck420. Hello, masters of weed. I don't, I, don't, I don't consider myself really a master of weed. I mean, I think the only thing I am a master of is, I don't know. But thank you. I have a question regarding recharge and pH. I grow in playground cocoa myself, and my girls are five weeks into flower. I feed, water, recharge, feed, water, recharge. That's my schedule. I've heard Scotty tell him not to pH down water while using recharge in it because of the humic and fulvics and acids in recharge. But what about the days I only water or the days I am feeding? Shall I dial my pH down to 5.8 on the days where I do not add recharge? And how long into flower shall I continue adding recharge into my cocoa? We've covered that. Once you go to flush, take out your recharge. Uh, thanks, student scouting, the rest of the DGC for medical growers in Norway. Cool, man. I would, you know. Right. So, number one, a, a recharge day. This is plain water and recharge is how he's running. Should he pH his shit at all? His solution. I, 
I don't. You know, everyone can do what they want. You're, you're free to practice your own religion the way that works for you. I do not pH when I recharge. I don't worry about the pH at all. Okay. And I would say when he's asking about the other days, when you're doing your feed or plain water, I, I, I pH all the time. But I would definitely, when you're, you're watering your newts, I'd pH to the apical um, pH. Uh, if you're in cocoa, it's probably somewhere like that, you know, 5.5 five to to five something although i've had different recommendations when i was using args green solutions they had me ph into 4.8 in uh the different parts of bloom so and on recharge for me when i had recharge to my water everybody's water supply is gonna be a little different uh you're gonna get it it comes out at like 8.4 or 5 but before i add recharge to my water i put some natural down from earth juice organics a powder so i bring my water down probably to like four and then I add my recharge, and then I get like a – I'm happy with anything in like 5 to 7 almost. I mean, I give a pretty big range. And the reason I do this – I know we've had plenty of discussions about not worrying about it – is these plants that we're, we're going through all this – you know, we've built an indoor grow room. We're trying to replicate Mother Nature. It just seems, well, why not just keep the pH in check as well? Uh, we're trying to optimize all corners of this. Granted, microbes help pH issues. For me, I'm using my Blue Lab meter. I'm always pHing my shit no matter what I'm watering in because I'm trying to just optimize this plant as much as possible. Maybe it's not necessary. I don't know. But scientifically or not scientifically speaking, uh, I'm always pHing a little bit. Scotty ran into you. had a little bit of an issue when you had your pH really low um, and you weren't pHing. Oh, I screwed them up. Yeah, I, I put some basically straight-up acid in there, biocozyme, and I wasn't bothering. The, you know, it, it was you know, it's just my own fault. I bought it a ton of it and it went bad like like five gallons of it and it went bad over the course of two or three years yeah and yeah yeah it just basically turned into vinegar or acid whatever you want to call it but it really lowered the ph i didn't know it i wasn't yeah that's why it is kind of nice if you're really doing this as a hobbyist just, just to have a little bit of more fun with it but test your ph and just to make sure and that's just only if you want to only if you get joy in you know knowing numbers and all that i'm not saying it's important uh, at least I'm not saying that I'm, I'm saying that I don't do it. You if know? you get joy in knowing numbers, I just like to feel like the mad scientist with my meters and adjusters. And people all. like that stuff. There's plenty of people that like the whole ritual of growing. So they want to test their, you know, they want to test the PPMs and they got a little book that they write everything down in. And yeah, there's pl- that's cool. I mean, that's what a hobbyist does. I have a pH adjusting fetish, man. I can't give it up. All right. <laughs> I just want to produce medicine. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm in love with the end result, kind of like everybody else that goes into the grocery store. That's what's kind of funny when you talk to people that kind of maybe maybe people that sell uh, products across, you know, to a lot of different gardening niches, and then they get into cannabis, and they're like, oh, shit, this is different. And it's different because these people didn't get into gardening because they love gardening. These people got into gardening, or a lot of them did, because they're trying to make something, a medicine, whatever you want to call it, something that they can't get anywhere else. You can't get this anywhere else because of these restrictions and prohibitions, so we have to make it ourselves. And I think that's just a different mindset. Yeah. No, it, it is. It is. All right, man. Spartan so grown. It's, it's all up to you. It really is up to you. If you want to know and you know, take that one less thing out of the equation, then pH. I don't do it, and I don't think that adding extra, you know, what are you adding to you know, bring the pH down? You know, an extra chemical. I don't think I need to add an extra chemical to my microbes. Yeah. Um, 
sorry, you said you just don't like adding chem, an extra chemical. Is that what you said? Yeah, I don't. You know, if I can just do a plain recharge watering, then why would I add whatever chemicals in pH, you know, pH down or pH up? That's why I add it before I put the recharge in. You know, I'm good to go. I mean, in still, my you're opinion. adding you're adding it to chemicals. You know, what I mean, you're not adding the recharge to pure water. Water's a chemical, to- man, isn't it? Some sort. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk. I want to talk IPM. Touche. Foyer spraying right, here let's do it. with uh, Spartan Grown. He goes, what's up, dude and Scotty? My question is about foyer. I currently foyer spray three times a week, two times feed using mostly Grow More products, one time pest control. If any bugs show up, I switch it to two pest controls and one feed it's on top of the shit. Um, I was wondering if I could drop down to two sprays a week and just add a pest control in with the feeding. Or is it more effective to keep them separate? So uh, to answer that, like, I've always questioned adding too much, you know. That's why sometimes I'm like, well, I like my recharge watering separate. Or, you know, I'm going to spray with, uh, if I'm going to use neem or azimax, uh, I don't know if I, but I always did like add, adding kelp or whatever. You see Optic Foyer, theirs is an all-in-one, you know, that's the program. Yeah, we do tank mixes at the farm all the time, and it's just the way that they do things. So I say, it's yeah, mix go, up a bunch of stuff. Go ahead and, and, and you know, we got to be careful with what you're mixing together. That's his next question. He goes, also, I've recently switched to Green Cleaner from Neem for pest control, and I was wondering if I could combine the two to really punch the bugs in, in the face when they show up. I've been benefiting from listening to the show for around a year now and love what you guys are doing. Thank you, thank you. Um, he goes, thanks, awesome. students, Scotty, my fellow DGC. I've been able to bring the dank to my little corner of Michigan. Thanks, everyone. So, all right. Yeah, I like. I would chime in here. Uh, somebody commented on this. This say here, be patient. Uh, made some good points. He goes, using the two products, Green Cleaner and Neem, and rotation is always good practice. It's my understanding that this helps keep pests from building resistance and can allow you to use lower doses. Um, so cool. But let's talk about that really yeah, quick. Go ahead. Anytime we talk about pesticides and resistance, you got to talk about modes of action. A mode of action is the way that things kill. And <clears throat> if the pesticide you're using has the exact same mode of action as the pesticide you're replacing it with, then you're not doing anything. You know, then it just, so, I mean, at least you got to bother to do the research and to find the mode of action of each pesticide that you're using. And the idea behind that is then you want to rotate to have different modes of action. Uh, that's the science behind that. Uh, you know, I mean, what, what we are limited to in cannabis, you know, it's, it makes it a little bit tough sometimes. Yeah, mode, that would be M-O-A, MOA, mode of action. Whoa. Soup chimed in. Uh, Moa. Good point. Neem. Neem works through building up in the plant's tissues and needs to be regularly reapplied to be effective. If you don't reapply it regularly, concentrations in the plant tissue drop and it loses its effectiveness. He says, keep neem in your IPM as a foundation and rotate other products you use with it. I like that because typically when I was using neem or Azimax, I don't get another problem. But if I do... Then you have the products that are more, I'm calling, they're the products I'm, I go to when I have a problem. My, I have a problem products. Neem and Azimax necessarily isn't in that arena. They're, they're great preventatives. Uh, sometimes they don't do a very good job once you have let a problem 
of a certain pest, you know, go full bore. People be like, man, I sprayed a little. You just can't get on top of them. you got to switch it up and uh, go with other products. Or don't ever forget our beneficials, guys. We still talk about beneficials. They are not super yeah, cheap. Yeah, that's where my head is at, man. Beneficials. But, you know, just keeping a steady diet of these of, you know, these bugs going out there every couple of weeks or something like that. You know, you just you know get on some kind of a delivery system where every couple of weeks you're getting fresh bugs coming in. Never gets out of control. Uh, me and Grow Guru were talking about that, about prevention. You know, it's even the same thing as like um, Chinese medicine or Eastern medicine is more about prevention. Uh, you know, we're more about treating the, the problem once you get it. And it's kind of that same thing with, with pest management in this country. We're like, oh, yeah, once you get pests, we got the stuff to get rid of them for you. Yeah. Just use it every three weeks. Yeah, prevention, it's something like two pounds of prevention are worth a kilo of uh, something. I forgot. <laughs> I heard that, man. I heard that. Yeah. Uh, Where'd my extra point two go, homie? Huh? All right. All right. Let's go to, uh, let's see here. If we the feed pest. Oh, down to two more. Beginner question on LED. LED here. Who is this one from? I believe this is from somebody over over the pond. It is Bud okay. Mc, Bud McLovin. All right, Bud McLovin. <laughs> I was chatting with Bud McLovin on email, Scotty. He said he's uh, he's he's into this uh, web programming and site optimization type stuff, and he's like, I got a few tips for you guys, so be ready. He might. Oh, I bet he does. I bet he does. We need an ethical hacker. That's what we he need. first warned us. He said, look, I'm not after anything. I love the show, but I wouldn't mind helping out a little bit. And I said, sure, man. We're always for improving shit, especially somebody in the crew's helping out. So he's starting to grow MM, or MJ for, own, for my own uh, pain medication, hips and back. The problem, my wife only allows me to grow in her attic, and there's a very low ceiling. All right, man. Just get a divorce. Fuck it. Okay? I mean, <laughs> answer to the question. Terrible, dude. Good to go. It, it, anyway, I also I have to be – but, I mean – I understand if it's a, a like he's saying. I have to be stealthy, prohibition type thing. Could get in a lot of trouble, but I mean, if you see something helping your spouse's health overall, be, be as cool as possible with it. So he goes. Also, I have to be stealthy. Weed is still illegal in my home country, Germany. Oh, yeah. by the way, um, he goes. By the way, sorry for any typos or weird sentences because he's uh, he's not you know top notch with English, but I think he's doing pretty good. There are only a few growing tents. Um, who, okay, maybe not. Here's the next sentence. There are only a few growing tents who would fit in the attic. I love it. It's like a, I wonder if he's using a program like translation thing. Um, the only tent with the right height and enough space was a secret garden, uh, five by five by five, basically. He goes, this tent, this tent was designed for plants in vegetative state. I mean, I don't really get that. A five by five by tent is a five by five tent. Light cycles what determines everything you're doing. I can't. Well, no, it's a five by five by five. So what? But they're probably saying is most of the time plants are get more than four foot yeah, tall. Yeah, yeah, true, true. There will be a little bit. That's a good point. Um, yeah, usually you would want to see like a five by five by seven or something in the bloom tent. Right. So he wants to use it for the full life cycle, though, or life circle in his uh, German translation. So the plant, sorry, sorry, Bud McLovin, I'm just cracking up a little bit. The plan is to grow only short strains, two weeks vaginate, eight weeks bloom. The heat is the problem in this tent. The manufacturer says it can only be used with CFL, but I think LED might be possible. Definitely LED is possible. Check out this kit, Scott. I don't know if you know. Have you, uh, can you pull, click on that length of cutter? It's a grow, uh, grow mount kit. Um, he's looking at here. It's $370 US. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. What I'm is familiar the, with that. I'm looking at the picture down below where it shows the four, um, I don't want to say if diodes is the right word, cobs, 
or whatever in a line on right this. there you go what hang on you're sounding good i'm listening now how many watts are each of these things do you know i think what they and what start they start at 100 watts and then you dial them down at 100 watts they're not efficient so i think this would make a 200 watt light probably because you probably dial them down to about 50 watts each well and then, and then it's real efficient that way. And I'm presuming if I think you can, that's what this is. Guys, what I'm looking at is a bar, a straight bar. I'm guessing it's about maybe four foot long is my guess. In a four by, or five by five tent, it would be way better instead of these in a strip to be in a square format. And I'm presuming he could, you know, you can put them together. Anyway. If you wanted to make these instead of four in a row, like a four square, you could do that easy enough, right? It's just all in your fabrication process. Probably, yeah, probably. And there's a guy that I think uh, Grow Mouse and Green Jeans are buddies, and Green Jeans has specific light concepts, which uh, he's been a real friendly guy to the DGC, hangs out, and a lot of guys know him around. Shout out to you, Gene. And uh, I believe he has something very similar to this. Might be a 300 watt, but something very similar to this. And I actually thought I saw something about him selling some of his demo gear or, you know, some some. I thought there was some kind of sale going on over there, so maybe check that out over Pacific Light Concepts well, too. If you I want to do the point to being, Bud McLovin with this this uh, set from Gromau. One, I mean, you've heard us talk on the show. Hopefully, as long as you're pretty, you know, pretty handy, you're pretty, you know how to solder. You got some stuff. Um, you're not intimidated by any of that. But I don't like, at least for your application, how it's four lights in a row. I'd rather see him like uh, in a square pattern. If you're following me. Otherwise, you can definitely do that. You're just going to have to figure out some kind of framing, you know, something that, you know, physically hold the lights. I mean, yeah, yeah, I was going to say you could cut them in half, but I don't think that would work. Uh, I'd be be tempted to look also at Spectrum King, man, and check out uh, getting four of their uh, the mother's little helper. I believe they're called or closet cases Four of the closet cases Um, here. I'm on their site right now. The closet case. Pretty small one. It's a 100-watt LED. Uh, whole, hangs really almost from its own cord set. And then you could just place those, uh, like four of them, maybe actually three of them in a triangle pattern. Uh, so check those out over at Spectrum King. And that's a decent LED light as well. Uh, and you'll kick butt with, with 100 of them. I'm pretty sure it's a full-on full spectrum that, yeah, you could use for balloon and uh, and everything. If you do hop over, if any of you hop These over. These are the uh, coupon code dude sk don't forget uh helps you out at spectrum king site so check right out on. their big ass 600 watt on the home page man excited i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be able to get to run one of those so all right let's see nice. did we answer all the questions in that let me go back here i don't know if we did here do you i th- mean that is a cool kit if you're the least bit handy and there's tons of information you know uh, about putting that kit together i'd have no problem about recommending that grow mouse kit the, the, the cutter kit there. Uh, if you're not a do-it-yourselfer, yeah, you might want to definitely check out. I don't know any specs on the, those closet cases. I just don't know any specs on them. But those are cool. I was looking at the, the, the 600 watt, and it looks like that one you could just, if you had a tent, you could put that one outside the tent and just cut two holes. Yeah, I think he was talking about that. Uh, he was going to try yeah, and get the heat cool. sink out of the tent. So that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I like that idea. And then just instead of, you know, people raise their lights up and down, just you can raise your plants up and down. I've done that. You know, you get a five-gallon bucket array or you just get a, a table that you can uh, lo- upper, you know, lower, center box, whatever you, whatever you got going on. And then, you know, adjust your plant height by moving them around instead of light. And you have all that heat out of the tent. 
keep in mind you might yes. in the summer I, i'm hoping there's a decent way to at least i don't know if your attic's finished or vent you might want to have uh think about getting some type of like fan on a temp stat or something will really help your situation in getting rid of any of the heat created by your grow and lastly yeah, it's the enemy he brings the bugs thanks for your help i'm open to any suggestions but i'm also on a tight budget my wife is watching <laughs> nice <laughs> that's funny i have your, your your wife watch very closely and you know if she doesn't already know seeing somebody else enjoy not just the, the use of cannabis but the joy of being able to grow it successfully uh you know it's healthy for you. it's therapy so it should be a good thing hey, i would stay away stay away from that mars i'm just looking at those mars hydros i don't think that's much of an investment you know investments you get value out of them and I know there's a couple of people that, that do run the Mars Hydros, but I just think that if you're looking for something where you can just pull a ton of value out of, invest in a good light, you know, something like the Cutter or Spectrum King, and you'll just, you'll be doing real well. I mean, go take a look at Mars Hydro. They have no American um, uh, customer service department. Well, he's in Germany. He needs a German LED company. Okay, got I gotcha. Well, still, I mean, so he's going. I don't know. Just when I call over, talk straight to China and talk to people that just they don't get it, man. I talked to Mars Hydro. They didn't get it. <laughs> they were lost. They were like, "You need new light." Okay, new light. <laughs> broken light. Oh, broken. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like if that's what you want to deal with, man. But I vote with my dollars. I don't vote for that shit. That's why we have. I was a- talking. To- Spectrum King. Go ahead. I was talking to LED. Yeah, exactly. Just the way that they said that they got a, a really great service. His questions were answered immediately by somebody who, you know, qualified person. I was talking to a grow guru today. I'm uh, setting up some internet at a different location. I was talking to all sorts of different people. And the quality of help you get anymore is so bad. I was just trying to review my bill at Verizon and the guy just was lost, just lost. I was trying to get signed up for internet at a new location and the people were just clueless and it was it's just really sad. And I was talking to Grow Guru it goes, Hey man, I called about my Apple phone yesterday. I'm kinda not I'm like anti Apple truly because I just could never afford it. <laughs> so I just denied myself. Yeah, screw that man. That's for rich people. That's for everybody else. And um Groguru said he called up Apple yesterday, talked to them. He goes, even when I talked to the computer at Apple, you know, the computer system, it was still like talking to a person. He goes, it was great. Every aspect of it was great. I was like, <laughs> damn it, man. You know, you vote with your dollars. You get what you pay for. You know, you want something open source and, you know, the cheapest you can, you know, the, you know it's a $600 computer instead of a $2,200 computer. Yeah, don't expect to get real customer service. Just kind of hit me. Hit me. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, you pay for what you get. That's why I said earlier in the show, man. Like, call these companies when you're investing in, depending on in anything in life. Uh, and it does depend, but especially things that you got to count on to keep a plan alive. And it does suck when you're still in a prohibition area. You can't just, you know, when you have the same expectations when stuff breaks um, as far as your Dude. your bulb or, you know, I don't know, in this part of Germany, there might not be any option to get. you got to rely on online Amazon-type ordering and stuff. So, but Joe Rogan had this hunter on yesterday a couple of days ago. I was listening to some podcasts, doing a whole bunch of work. <clears throat> and uh, it, the guy was talking about how he makes the world's best hunting gear. 
and it was just really interesting what he said. For, you know, I was almost going to turn it. I was like, ah, I don't give a shit about hunting gear. And then I heard the guy's passion, and he was basically just talking about what it, you know, the the trials and and the difficulty it is to try to make something that's the world's best. And he was talking about how if he makes a hundred dollar jacket. He has to sell it to Cabela's, you know, for $200. And then Cabela's sells it for $400. So for something, if he wants to put another $100 worth of quality or materials into that thing, it becomes an $800 jacket that nobody's going to buy. You know, they were just talking about that kind of stuff. How, you know, a lot of times, you know, trying, you know, just like these LEDs are a great example. This Gromouse LED is a great example because when you add up all those parts... It's, you know, $1,200, $1,400 for a light. It's, it's cost prohibitive. You know, not too many people are going to do that. That's why you don't see a, a kit for, you know, the 400 watt. Because it'd be twice as much. Yeah. Yeah, well, you are, as you said, making an investment. I know when I look back and if I have these uh, 400 pluses from Spectrum King, you know, if they, they're going to run, if they're going to run their however many hours rated, I don't know off the top of my head, it's a shit ton, not give me any issues. I didn't have to pay for bulb replacement. I didn't have to run inline duct to air cool them. Um, right. Just, it all adds up. It all adds up. Which in the means you eliminated a lot of odor problems, too. Because as soon as you start air cooling lights, man, you got odor problems. I don't care. Um, depends. I know you're talking. I'm just saying you got a, you you got potential for odor problems. You so, better yeah. have every light sealed just perfect, and you better be checking and walking that, around the house once. That a week reminds me of a good tip for that, guys. If you are air cooling your lights, Scotty's talking about if you have shitty hoods, um, or not good hoods. You know, some of them don't They're seal all shitty real hoods. well. If you're pulling through your light, we used to talk about this on the show a lot, but I haven't been air cooling. If you're using a fan to suck air through your lights, you're creating a vacuum in there. So basically, that means if there's any cracks, holes, a screw hole, it will suck air from your grow room too, which in turn, your canopy is usually close enough to your lights, it's going to pull odor through there. So a decent way, one I always used to recommend, and I believe we should double check, but CanFan still recommends if you're using a Max fan to push air through your lights, don't pull air through your lights. It's more efficient to push through, and then you don't create that vacuum. But on top of that, it never hurts to uh, – I used to use uh, that blue painter's tape, man, and I would seal off all my hoods, everything perfectly. And uh, you, you got to be real careful make sure all your ducts connected well. But can definitely Agreed. create odor problems. But that blue that blue painter's tape shit, man, that was dope for those shitty old hoods. Like the glass that used to slide I- out with a piece of felt that was supposed to be some type of air block. <laughs> like, those were not legitly sealed at all. Agreed, but with something like that, I would want, if I've got problems where I'm using the blue painter's tape or if I'm using tape, what I would want would be to pull because that tape works well under vacuum. You know, if you've got a vacuum, that tape works really well. If you're trying to have that tape hold pressure, that's not its strength. You know what I mean? So if you try to inflate that thing like a balloon, the, the hood like a balloon, which is kind of what you're doing. You're causing co- positive pressure on it. It's pretty easy for it to break through and find all, find a way out from that tape. But if you're vacuum, you know, if you're sucking, then it's kind of vacuuming, and it's a lot easier for that tape to seal, you know, a little hole if it's, it's, a, if it's under vacuum. Just my opinion. <laughs> all right. One more man from Uncle Mitch, transplant shock, question mark. I just moved my girl's. Uh, from my Northern Lights roommate into five-gallon cloth pots. I used Sunshine Mix number four. There was two of my plants had their roots woven together. It was a major struggle to try and separate the bundle of roots to remove them from the base. Right now, two days later, 
The two plants that were stuck together have droopy leaves. The tops um, were where where right. The tops um, were where they, they look, will flower look good. Yeah, okay. But the fan leaf under them are droopy but green. What can I do? Will a double dose of recharge help them recover? Whoa! It's like he's inside my brain. <laughs> Says thanks, thanks a bunch. Totally addicted to your shows, Uncle Mitch. I would just do the triple dose of recharge, and then you're. Just I mean, kidding. double dose of recharge, not a bad idea at all. But if you've damaged those roots at all, or stressed those definitely roots out, and these are just, them. I mean, they're like tied yes. together. It sounds like. So if they're just little plants and you're in veg, take the stress off by topping them. Top the shit out of those things. Take the pressure off. Those roots have to support those leaves above. So if those roots, those roots don't have to support anything, then they can kind of just focus on rebuilding. Take their energy and rebuild for a little bit and push up some new growth when they're ready. So I would consider doing that. Yeah, and adjust, uh, you know, WV Kind was chiming in again as well. You know, don't have the lights too close. If you can't top, like Scotty said, because you're getting ready to go to flower. I mean, obviously, you don't want to go to flower until these, these plants get happy again. So, you know, top and prune is good. Not too much, but um, back off on your newts a little too as far as if they're, you know, they're unhappy. They're not going to eat real well either. And uh, just be yep. patient. They'll definitely come back around. Uh, and, you know, uh, next time, I guess he had them planted all together. And initially he said in his... I moved the girls from my Northern Lights roommate. I wonder if that's like a group planting area. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I had two uh, Northern Lights, and I guess they were. I guess he's getting roommate because they were in the same five-gallon cloth yeah, pot. Yeah, there we go. I get it. I get things, man. Don't. Yeah, unless intended to stay that way, do not plant plants in the same containers or pots for sure. All right. So yeah, that's true. That's probably not the world's best thing. <laughs> no. And uh, yeah, be patient, Uncle Mitch. They come back around, and don't go to flower until you see him get a little bit more happy. Keep in mind, like Russian things like that. Also, when you're in flower, if you have a major holdup or problem or pest thing, keep in mind you might have to add some time to your flowering realm. You know, it's another good time if you have all of a sudden a spider mite outbreak or some crazy something you got a battle comes along. You might want to lighten up, unless your plants are still totally happy. Lighten up a little on your feeding. Maybe dim your lights a little if you can. Get things under control. Add a few days to your flowering uh, time frame and uh, be good to go, hopefully. I got some pest talk right. coming up, man. I got something. I'm not going to tell you. I got something in my grow. I found something. It's scaring me, too. Oh. I haven't lost sleep yet, but it's scaring me a little bit. So, Not cool. Not cool. All right, guys. I got to bounce, man. I have, I'm like freaking on my email anxiety, Scotty. I think I got like 210 emails on Dude Grows Gmail. So you got to try and hit some of that, guys. We've got uh, the uh, Grow Guru sending out some more member kits. He's on top of that, helping me out with that. So if you guys haven't gotten it, they're coming. They're going out. And uh, we'll be back Wednesday with what's growing on. And, man, it's, it's summertime, Scotty. It's summertime. I was biking around yesterday. It was, uh, it was Sunday, and I had the uh, – it was kind of cool. I was trying to decide which bike I wanted to take out. We're talking pedal bike people, not Harleys or anything like that. And I have uh, – one of them has, like, the clip-in pedals for when I want to get somewhere real quick commuting. You know, i got to wear shoes. The other one's just right. like, and, and gears and speeds. Um, and the other one's, like, a coaster brake single speed. And I was like, yeah, real skinny tires. Not a very comfortable bike. And then I looked at the, uh, the, the Kona Africa I got. Now, that's, that's the Cadillac Cruiser, man. It's got a basket in the front, a rack in the back, fat tires, <laughs> three speeds, clown, uh, a cloud nine seat, it's called. Like a recliner seat, so I can actually I put a couple Ooh. beers up in the basket. It's got was, one seat for each butt cheek. Biking mm, with my shirt like off, leaning back a little, just kind of chilling, man. Cadillac chilling. 
cruising in my Cadillac like Jack Kerouac, you know? All right. Man, the dude and I went, uh, he went, took his 1960s three-speed. Maybe it was a single-speed bike one time. Of course, I had, like, every trick in the book trying to get up this hill. And we went up this crazy, insane hill up at Horsetooth Reservoir. It looks like something out of a Nature Valley commercial. And dude went down this hill. I thought he was going right over the edge. I really thought I was saying bye-bye, dude. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how you pulled that off, homie. That would have been a little messy. There's been a few instances like that, but yeah, we're all good. We're all good. It's like the other, oh man, the other day I was hanging out with somebody and uh, uh, actually just this, this Sunday, I had some friends in town. I was downtown Denver. It's super nice day. I had a bike down there and I'm like, you know, somebody was like another friend of mine that bikes, we should go out for a ride. You know, let's just go cruise around a little bit. At that point, we were a little bit deep into Sunday fun day, definitely a few beers back. Somebody had a bottle of fine tequila, a couple sips on that. No full shots. Full shots are too much. Um, <laughs> so I was getting <laughs> dialed. Is that your rule? I was get- you can drink out of the bottle, just little sips? I was getting dialed Whoa. in with another buddy. That Who's making these rules? We've been out plenty biking and drinking. And don't get me wrong, you got to be careful biking and drinking, guys. You can still get a DUI if you do some stupid shit. But uh, the one guy that was visiting from New York looks at me and he's like, man, I'm not i'm not biking right now are you kidding me like definitely a little drunk here i look over at another friend i'm like i will typically ride my bike uh better than i would walk and and my other friend's like dude i've seen you bike into a wall holding a pizza box so don't be like just funny shit anyway you're gonna get me on all my bike stories home i was biking home with one of dude's buddies and he didn't show but you know i was like huh dennis was right behind me and so we retraced our steps and dennis was in the river Fell in the river. Dude, your friend's party, okay? I'm going to bed early. <laughs> well, I think you just told a good story. We'll end it with some technical difficulties, Scotty. That's fine. Good Grow Talk, guys. Episode 271. Oh, 272. Uh, we'll be hanging out Wednesday. Come see what's growing on. And I'm a bounce. For real. All right. Stay out of the river, dude. <laughs> oh, now I got you. Definitely. 10-4.